0: All right, guys, it's your host, Jenna Garcia, here to give you the sitch, the lowdown, the tea, whatever you want to call it on this whole Nolan Arenado situation. I've thought about it for a long time and tried to figure out how I exactly want to go about divulging the information I know. As well as my opinion, obviously, but, but I really want to give you guys the facts first and foremost. And I think to do that, we really need to discuss first what we know about Jeff Breidich as a human, what we know about Nolan Arenado as a person. I've interacted with both Jeff Breidich at, at work, obviously, and with Nolan Arenado at work as well. Being in the dugout, being on the field with these guys, being in winter meetings, interviews, all of that stuff, Clubhouse, with both Breidich and Nolan Arenado. We'll start with Breitage, okay? With Jeff Breitage, I have never felt personally disrespected by Jeff Breitage. I will tell you, I have felt intimidated. He's obviously an important person in the Rockies organization, and me feeling intimidated has nothing to do necessarily with how he's treated me. I mean, you can be intimidated by important people that come around. I was intimidated by Dame when I met him the first time in Portland, and he's incredibly nice. So I don't want to say that I've been intimidated by him because he's done anything to me. I want to make that clear. But we do know that Jeff runs a really tight ship. He doesn't really let much get out Rumors and things like that uh, hearsay don't really happen with the Rockies. The Rockies are a pretty locked down crew, and Jeff Breidich has a lot to do with that. He doesn't like rumors. He doesn't really much like the media. We know that he doesn't feel like everyone in the media is, I would say, qualified based on what he said in the book that Drew Goodman put out last season. Uh, He doesn't feel like all the media are qualified to address topics that are in baseball in he basically said if you didn't play baseball you don't really know the game like others know the game. He rarely claims his mistakes. I would say Jeff Brigitch over the course of time that I've covered the Rockies I've never once heard him say, "Yeah, we paid him too much. Yeah, we thought he was going to be a lot better than he's been and that's on us." He never like owns his mistakes, you know. He Openly has had press conferences, even midseason, when that midseason trade deadline ended last year, where he just said, you know, oh, none of us could have known, none of no one in this room could have known that the Rockies weren't going to be as good or as prepared for the 2019 season. That kind of just passes the buck. It doesn't really own the mistakes. And and at the end of the day, because he is the GM, he's where the buck stops. And I would say that we've seen lots of examples of him in press conferences being asked tough questions at that end of year press conference that happened at the end of the Rockies 2019 season last year, where the 91 losses after going to the playoffs the two seasons prior to that, that press conference really solidified my opinion that Brightish does not like to be called out. He has never reacted well when asked a tough question, whether it's about the comments that were in Drew Goodman's book, whether it was about Nolan Arenado, whether it's about overpaying a player who has underperformed or signing big contracts for guys who haven't really given you those numbers or any of those things. He hasn't one, he hasn't really owned those mistakes as a GM, and he has not really taken too kindly. His response always seems a bit frustrating. So that's what we know about Jeff Breidich as a person. What we know about Nolan Arenado as a player and as a person, and this is Again, based off of my interactions with him, and I think a lot of these things you can see, even just as a fan coming to the ballpark on a regular day, we know Nolan is very competitive. He's a competitive guy. He prefers winning over losing. We know that. We know Nolan is really hardworking. I don't think that anyone in the Rockies organization would be able to deny that. Nolan is one of those guys who is constantly working on his game, constantly working on his swing. I mean, we all joke about how he warms up for at bat, you know, and is practicing his swing and stretching out or warming up his shoulder. He's incredibly hardworking. He's always in the cage. He's always working on his trade. We also know that he takes his job really seriously. There's not very often do you see Nolan kind of joking around or making a joke or making light of situations when it comes to the job of winning baseball games. And that's genuinely his job. And and obviously, because we, as we said, he likes to win, he's competitive. He takes his job seriously. He takes what he contributes on the field daily, very seriously. And I don't think anyone can deny that. And he gives a hundred thousand, I don't know, 2000% on the field. Anyone would say that Nolan goes out there and works harder than any player on the field. He pushes his teammates. I would say he leads by example. He is diving for the ball. He's making incredible catches. It's not coincidence that he's a gold glove every year. Another thing that I can personally speak to is that Nolan in interviews prefers to keep it all business. You haven't heard about Nolan in the media in regards to his life outside of baseball. You haven't really heard anyone talk about his marriage, his wedding, his engagement. You haven't heard about any stories about Nolan being a player and having women in lots of cities because Nolan is a morally sound human being as well. He's not just a hard-working baseball player, but he's a good human. He comes in, he has a really high expectations for himself and I think he leads by example. He's an important and integral part of the Rockies baseball team, not just because of who he is on the field, but because of who he is in that clubhouse. So that's what we know about these two people in this situation. Right after this break, we're going to get into kind of breaking down the timeline of events and what's happened with additions to to each piece, um, things that I've heard as, I don't want to say an insider, but I am inside the clubhouse. And so things that I've heard along the way. All right, we're back after the break. Thanks for sticking with me, guys. Let's get into the timeline of these events. Basically, this starts last February. End of February, we're heading into spring training and Nolan signs his contract on February 26th of 2019. In my opinion, Nolan choosing to sign with the Rockies long term said a lot more about Nolan than it did about the Rockies organization, because I think it shows how loyal he is to the Rockies fan base and to wanting to be a Rocky long-term. Because you know that it's harder to play baseball in Colorado as far as pitching goes, and therefore it could be a tougher road for the playoffs. And when Nolan is openly saying that he wants to win on a regular day basis in the clubhouse and in interviews leading up to the 2019 season, after a little bit of a letdown in 2018, you know that he's signing that contract out of loyalty to fans and out of believing that this team is going to put players around him that want to win as badly as he wants to win and that are going to give him the chance to win. He could have signed with a lot of other teams. Plenty of people want him, as we're seeing now, Fast forward a few months to the winter meetings, after an entire season in 2019, there are still teams begging for Nolan Arenado. So we definitely know it's because he was loyal to the Rockies that he wanted to sign that deal. Go into the regular 2019 season, you know, the Rockies have a tough start, look like they're struggling a little bit. The pitching doesn't come out as strong as you expect. July goes really south and the whispers start, right? Because there's an option for Nolan to opt out of his contract at the end of the 2021 season. Again, Nolan is competitive. He wants to win, which is probably why, you know, somebody implied that these, you know, losses could potentially lead to him leaving in 2021 or taking that opt-out in 2021 because July was really rough. In July, they lost 19 games. They only won six games. July was really rough and it didn't get much better. They struggled along the way. They end up losing a lot more games. And towards the end of the season, Nolan makes a comment about it feeling like a rebuild year for the Rockies. And if you look at that full comment in its entirety, I think it was one, one, made to be a lot more than what Nolan really meant it to be. I think he meant it more like last year we were going to the playoffs at this time. This year we're not. This year we're still kind of working out the kinks. A rebuild year doesn't have to be such a negative connotation, but it was taken that way. And then when Breidich was asked about that comment and when Dick Montfort was asked about that comment, they both responded fairly, I don't want to say aggressive, but they didn't take kindly to it. It wasn't a very positive response. It didn't feel like um, from Either of them. And in all aspects of last season, except for the fact that they were not trying to acquire anyone at the trade deadlines, it did feel like a rebuild year. I mean, rebuild year in the sense that they are rebuilding or figuring out those kinks. So I don't think his comment was off base in any way. And I think at least myself and other reporters have commented on how, you know, the Rockies players don't often say much and they're not often confrontational and they don't often speak negatively about their teammates, about the game, about their manager or about their organization. You rarely hear that. And I don't think that this was a moment where you were hearing that. I think he was just Kind of commenting on how the year's gone for them and the fact that they're still working out those kinks. It wasn't a negative comment about the organization. And I often am frustrated because I want them to share more. I want them to tell me how they're really feeling in those interviews. And so, as somebody who's in there kind of trying to get those kind of responses, I can personally say, like, I have never heard them speak negatively about the organization. I don't think that's what this comment was about, but it was taken negatively. And here is what I heard. This is I guess hearsay because I heard it from somebody who heard that it happened. So, I mean, we're now kind of down the tree, right? But after those comments were made, I heard that there was a discussion between Nolan and Jeff Breidich that did not go too well, where Breidich was uh, frustrated with Nolan for making those comments because he felt that it shined negatively or made the Rockies organization look bad. (laughs) I think that. And again, this is, I was told by somebody who was told by somebody who was there. So worth like three. I think that was really ballsy for um, Brightech to be upset with their star player for making a comment that really was not that big of a deal. And then to be frustrated with him for expressing himself to the media when he almost never does. And he, and even when he did, he didn't really say anything negative about the organization. And from what I heard, that was really frustrating for Nolan. And Nolan felt really disrespected in that moment, not to mention that he signed a deal to be here with the Rockies because he believed that the future moving forward, they were going to surround him with players who were going to help him reach kind of those winning goals that he was looking for. If you remember back in October, Jeff Breitage actually commented that he pushed for the player opt out option in Nolan's contract for that 2021. When he was asked about it, he said he was the one who wanted that in there because, and, and that Nolan didn't ask for it to be in there. That he, Breidich wanted that option in there because he felt no pressure to prove that he could provide a winning team to surround Nolan Arenado. So if Breidich feels no pressure... And he was the one who pushed for that option. Then, why not at each trade deadline, at these winter meetings, this entire offseason, why have they not acquired anyone? Not to mention, Nolan loses good friend Carlos Gonzalez last season. This season, you have Trevor Story and Tony Walters going into arbitration, kind of ridiculous for the amount of money that and they're fighting over. Um, Kind of ridiculous that the Rockies don't just kind of give them the money that they're asking for, especially when it comes to Trevor Story, because he is a phenomenal player and exactly the type of caliber at bat that Nolan needs by his side. So not only is that frustrating and disrespectful to lead a player on and make them feel like you're going to do what you say you're going to do and provide them with support, other great players, but then you have the option to with guys who are currently on your roster and you're kind of nitpicking at dollar amounts that shouldn't be nitpicked at. And then you're also reprimanding them, frustrated with them when they express their frustration. It just seems very unfair to Nolan, and to be quite honest, I really do believe, and it hurts me to say, that he deserves to be somewhere that they're actually going to tell him the truth, and they're actually going to provide him with the things that he, one, was told he would be provided with, and feels he deserves to be provided with. So in the timeline of things that have occurred Basically, we're at September, Nolan makes the comments about rebuilding, and then Nolan and Jeff get into what has been described as heated argument. From what I've heard, it was a screaming match. Tempers were high. And then, winter meetings happens and all the trade rumors begin. Now, since the trade rumors have started, I have been consistent on my point of view, and what I have been hearing has been they were just listening, willing to listen. They've been pricing Nolan out to other teams to see what other teams were willing to offer. It's now been reported that other teams were quoted saying what the Rockies were looking for was, quote, ridiculous in their package deal. What they wanted for Nolan was just out of this world. It was way too much. And then another team was quoted saying they did not believe that they really wanted to trade Nolan, that they were just trying to put at feelers out there to see what they could get for him. I believed that they were never going to trade Nolan, at least not in this offseason I think that they have been pricing him to see what's being offered what's on the table and if they come out strong this season in 2020 then they keep Nolan and they're willing to pay the price and if they don't then they think about a mid-season trade that is my personal opinion on what I've seen happen and now confirmed by other teams after this next break we're going to get into moving forward All right, we're back after the break. Thanks for sticking with me through this a bit longer podcast than we normally do here at Locked on Rockies. Remember to stick with us throughout the season for more Locked on Rockies coverage. This is a little bit different of a podcast because it's such a heated topic. We're kind of just sticking with the one topic and normally we do other things and play games and it's a little more fun. The final thing I wanted to say on this topic was Nolan's statement yesterday that was specifically saying Jeff is very disrespectful. He was quoted saying this to local ABC station, Denver 7 News. He said, Jeff is very disrespectful. I never talk trash or anything. I play hard, keep my mouth shut, but I can only get crossed so many times. Nolan was also quoted in Thomas Harding's article clarifying that he was not frustrated with the fact that trade talks have been now closed by Jeff Breidich. And I think Jeff coming out and saying that, it made sense that he would do that because if you've been following Rocky's Twitter, this whole off season, basically fans have been begging him or someone from the front office to come out and make a statement saying these things are false or that it's not really gonna happen. And the Rockies did exactly what fans asked, so you can't be mad at them for that. But then Nolan's statement comes out about the disrespect and he wants to clarify that it has nothing to do with the trade rumors. And I think it has a lot more to do with what happened between him and Jeff. And then he was quoted again saying specifically, Jeff is very disrespectful. Now, I only know about the one argument, quote unquote, that they had. And in all honesty, to me, it makes a lot of sense. This isn't the first player that's felt disrespected by the Rockies organization. And unfortunately, I'm not sure it'll be the last. I think Trevor Story feels disrespected by their organization right now heading into arbitration, which is a very complicated option to go with because you end up hearing reasons why from the team side, why this person doesn't deserve that money. And that kind of can leave a bad taste in a player's mouth. It's not going to be good for Trevor. I know Chris Iannetta felt disrespected the way that they let him go at the point in the season, which they let him go and how that whole thing transpired and went down. I don't think he felt respected. I think he would say he felt disrespected. And then of course you can date it back to Troy Tulowitzki. This is looking a lot like that kind of situation where he felt lied to. His quote was, I feel lied to. And I would say maybe it's not being lied to straight up but it's misleading and that's unfair. This is their profession. This is their job. They deserve to know upfront what's going on. And unfortunately, sometimes teams do have to kind of leave the player out of it until it gets to a certain point. Do I think that the Rockies could have put a perfect World Series championship team on the field around Arenado in that one year's time? No. But do I think that they could have taken steps towards doing so? Yes. And they have had multiple opportunities now moments where they could have gone out and gotten different players. And instead, they unfortunately have some factors that are keeping them out of the free agency game. Not only 2017 and 2018 do they have terrible deals with Desmond, Davis, McGee, and Shaw, who added up together those guys combined for a minus 4.5 wins above replacement. That means they negatively affect the wins for your team not good. And they're making tons of money in this next year. Those guys are huge deals that were complete mistakes, which he's never really owned up to, unfortunately. And then according to my sources, it's not the only place that this team is kind of bleeding dry. They also have that new building coming up across the street in that parking lot that used to be right next to Jackson's. And according to what I'm hearing, that building is costing a lot more than they originally anticipated. And it's causing them to also have to be putting money into that project. They they took on a lot of projects. Let's put it that way. They took on a lot of projects in the last three years. And the ones that they should have taken on, like Trevor's story, they are now not able to, or they are trying to collect the coins from under the couch to figure out how to make these player contracts work. And in the end, they're not fulfilling their end of the bargain with Nolan. And I think that's where the most disrespect has been. I will say to end this segment and to end today's podcast that I think that there is disrespect amongst this organization. I can totally see how Nolan feels disrespected, and I think that he has every right to want to be traded and to want to play somewhere where he does feel like he's respected. He's not saying that he wants to play somewhere where they have to do what he says when he says it. He's not that kind of player. There's nothing indicating to any of us along the time that Nolan has been in Major League Baseball and been with the Rockies, nothing indicates that he's been demanding, that he's been a difficult player, and they're acting like he's Antonio Brown out here, like causing a scene or throwing a fit because he didn't make it to the playoffs last year. That's not what's happening here. He feels disrespected. It's about personal relationships and how the organization is being run. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Rockies podcast on your Locked On Podcast Network. I know this was a heavy one, so thanks if you stuck with me through the whole thing. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys soon.